your pictures ain't my thing But I could put a story in your head And open up your eyes So listen close This one is for my brothers, sisters, cousins All humans alike Let's take a second to Okay, we're back with the Juby Take I'm Steve I'm Adam And with us today Is Mr. Zachary Juby And Mr. Ian Casper Hey guys Glad to be here Hey Lively ones How are we doing? Okay. Oh. Well, this well, was this one's going to be interesting. As I'm you can tell, sure. they have beverages. Yeah. I think we should do a buzz level right now. Oh because, man, uh, it it's early on, but I think it's relevant to this podcast. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, it definitely is. All right, I'll start this one off. Okay, I'm at a two point six. Two point six. Now we need to note this in the archives of the the Juby Take because uh, it's the first time that Adam has announced that he's below a, a six. five. Oh, well, five? Yeah, probably. No, yeah. you, you, below, below five. Below yeah. five. Oh, man. So, but is, it is the start of the podcast. Yeah. Just so, okay. Ian. Um, I would say I'm probably around in the four range. Nice. I can't exactly nice. pinpoint it. But. Zach? Uh, uh, five, five, two, big guy. Five, two. Five, two. Very nice. And I'm probably at a one, eight, seven. All right. So we got some work to do. So we do. Well, we have some catching up to do. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad that we have a lot of perspectives here to be able to, uh, you know, make this podcast great. Thank you for that. Drink. It's perspective. Okay. Well, there we go. Drink twice. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Was his plan all along. Nice slam there, buddy. (laughs) Okay. This one is going to be fun to edit. Yay. Okay, so what we're going to talk about tonight is we're going to talk about snowboarding. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, I have absolutely no idea other than the fact that it's on snow and you use a board. No experience. And I've purchased some of the equipment that's been used. Yes. Over the years. But other than that, uh, I don't have a clue. So, guys. Um, we'll, we'll take it from here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the simplicity of it. You've got it already. It's snow and it's a board. Yeah, and it's a mountain. Uh, and you just have your your special time. Exactly. Uh, similar to all pretty much all other board sports, it's inspired via surfing. Surfing is your traditional board sport, and that then transitioned into street surfing, skateboarding, and uh, the first snowboards were really kind of a long board, and they tied a rope to the nose of it, and you'd have like basically kind of like like you would on a sled. And you're trying to ride down, you know, a snowy hill on this. Were thing. they attached to no. the board at all? No, no. It was just like grip Man. tape. It was a, it, it all stemmed from you know surfing, yeah. street surfing, skateboarding, and then into snowboarding. Um, one of the oldest, still like in biggest snowboard companies out there is Arbor Snowboards, and they're based in Venice, California. Like, I mean, I guess you got like yeah. two hours away. You got the Big Bear area where you get some snow, but you don't think of like great snowboarding spot. You know, I'm going Venice. to Venice. Exactly. Yeah. No, not at all. Yet one of the best brands and uh, and kind of the culture is stemmed exactly from like a Southern California area. It's very interesting because all before that's just skiing. Yeah. And you got to get all these dirtbag rebels on there. That's boards. an interesting dynamic and more on that later for more sure about, you know, skiing and, and snowboarders and how, you know, that kind of goes. Yeah. But so that's so, so snowboarding. Yeah, it's a it's great. It's, a it's extreme a sport. It's a gravity sport. Yes. Yeah. It's like skydiving with obstacles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sometimes exactly. When there's yeah. a lot of powder, it feels that way, going through the trees. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're, uh, I mean, the whole, your whole intention is to have more or less little contact with the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the whole point of, you know, you hear people waxing their boards. The wax creates a barrier between you and the moisture, so you can just slide right on that top layer. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, you know, waxing your board is very, very important when it comes to snowboarding. Or anyone that hasn't done it, dead. Um, yeah, you always want to make sure you get that done at, at well, least once per again. Se- at least once per season. That's one of the things. Like a full wax that I've. Yeah, once per, depending on how much like you ride. Once, once maybe like every five time, five to ten times you go. Like or a full wax. Yeah, if okay. you or if you ride in Arizona, like every every time you ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially well, if you now, don't have to pay for the lift tickets. That's an interesting point. Is that you know we all live in Arizona, right? And it's not what you would think about. Uh, if you know, looking at the sport, that this would be a great place to to snowboard. Not, but really is it at all? Yeah. Um, you know what? It's really comes down to your perspective of the day. Oh, yeah. it's going to be a good one. <laughs> I know. I just know it. 
Hello. <laughs> With snowboarding in Arizona, it's very hit or miss. The main resort is Snowbowl in Flagstaff. Yeah. There, you also have um, Sunrise. Sunrise, yeah, over in the White Mountains. And with Snowball being the bigger resort and especially getting a lot of development in the last couple of years, it's it's getting bigger and bigger and they're trying to turn it into a nice resort. But it's always been hit or miss because when it comes down to it, it's a powder mountain. And the Ponderosa Pine Forest up there is so thick and so dense that you get, when there is tons of snow, these amazing tree runs that's basically your entire run, you know, several hundred yards of very dense, steep forest. And that's rather unique when you yeah. look at other resorts. There's it's pretty cool. It's it's very it makes for a very interesting ride. But it reminds me a little bit of right riding up in Oregon. Yeah, and riding up in uh, Mount Hood, um, Hoodoo, uh, Bachelor, Willamette Pass. Just a lot of those runs, very thick, foresty. You know, for most of it, you know, some open areas, but that's kind of the the main part. And Ian, you've done a lot in Utah. Yeah, I've uh, spent a good amount of time at Snowbird and just this last season at Park City and Canyons mm-hmm. now that they've merged together. And it's they're completely different. You would think they're in the same region right next to Salt Lake City. But uh, Snowbird is a whole different animal. It's very steep. It's definitely an advanced ski mountain. Yeah. And when there's not any snow, it and you two can attest to this because you were both on that trip, um, it, it's pretty gnarly. You can get into some pretty bad situations up there because there's a lot of cliff areas and a lot of deep or uh, dense like trees too. So yeah, I definitely almost uh, got lost at Snowbird. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do. Yes, I uh, went off the trail a little bit. Let's just say that found myself in some some fresh powder, probably up to my head in powder for sure. <laughs> but I I had sunk only down about halfway. So luckily, I was able to get out. Yeah, but it, those kind of situations are really hard to get out of because it's almost like you're swimming in snow and it's just really hard to make a platform to even stand up on and even try to get out of there. Right. You got to dig yourself out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Park City is completely different. Even though it's near Salt Lake, it's definitely more of a beginner's mountain for at least some parts. There, there are some pretty advanced parts of Park City, but I think it's really now pegged as a destination resort worldwide because of the Olympics. And so it's a completely different atmosphere as well. Um, it's more geared towards people that are learning, people that don't even speak English, whereas Snowbird, you know, it's kind of more of a local place. So um, where uh, did you get started snowboarding, Zach? Um, it was with Ian. Uh, Ian had already been snowboarding for, I think, at least one one full season or did like one full season. He was the experienced one. Yeah, exactly. If, <laughs> you know, growing up, yeah, it was probably sophomore year in high school. And, you know, if you got to ride in a season or like, say you've been riding for how many years, it's like, well, you get two or three days in maybe. Right. Um, <laughs> especially, you know, when you're living down in the valley. Which is not a lot. There. No, mm-hmm. it's not a lot at all. And it I'm, takes half a day or more to even get back to the position you were in last season. Yeah. Just getting your feet under you again. Exactly. And so it started off, you know, doing trips with Ian and his folks uh, in Utah and then starting to deciding that, hey, this is something that I really enjoy. So you go from the rentals on a few different trips to, hey, can I please get, you know, because I'm like 16 at the time, like, can I get my own snowboard and boots and binding so I can go up and do this stuff and have a good time? not have to always do the rentals. It's, it's so much better when you have your own gear as opposed to renting gear. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. Yeah, you just feel more comfortable. Um, and it just, you, I think you feel legit, you know? You feel like you belong <laughs> on the mountain, um, really, honestly. Because uh, at the beginning, I don't think it, people don't. You know, you feel uncomfortable. You feel like you're getting in people's way, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of insecurity that can come with any sort of action sports or just trying something new in general. But... Uh, for me, like above feeling cool or legit, I, I just, it was more affordable. Mm-hmm. It's definitely know? the most cost effective. Yeah. I if think you're like, going to be going over and over again. So. Yeah. Like my first pair of boots that I got were like 80 bucks. I got a board and bindings for like $200. You know, that's, that's two days of rentals. Now for sure it can be more cost effective to buy your own gear, but I think we can all agree that starting from scratch 
and getting into snowboarding yeah, is a so big expensive. purchase. Oh, yeah. It totally is. It's well, they're investments. Yeah. Well, the thing that kept me away from it growing up in Oregon, it was a long ride to get to the mountain, but I didn't have any of the gear. Now you've talked about the boots and the bindings and the board, but it's the snow pants and it's the having the, the right jacket, jacket and, and the socks and, and the stuff the underneath hat. and the right socks and goggles and the the right gloves all of these things to stay comfortable oh the right gloves because oh, the, the the time that i was invited to go up in the mountain the first time that i can remember you know i'm like you know i i didn't have parents that were going to buy me equipment and so what i was told is i could take jeans and scotch guard the crap out of them sorry yep. alex uh and you know rent some stuff and this was before snowboarding this was skiing so renting everything and going up and as it was explained to me, well, the first day you're going to be nothing but laying in the snow, falling over, like you say, feeling like you're getting in people's way. Yeah. And all I thought about was, why would I want to go do that? It just didn't sound like fun to me. So I never did. And I just never got into it. I think it's one of those things that you're, you might only do if you feel like you, you're going to do it multiple times. You know, I obviously that you, there's people out there that want to try different things and, you, you know, try everything once, go out there and do it. But I think obviously when it comes to purchasing everything, you're investing, like you said, you know, and you're making it seem like you're going to go and you're going to continue to do it for a while. And that's what makes it worth. Well, and that's what's fun. And that's what was important. You know, when Zach first started talking about doing it, that's what I had in my mind is, okay, you need to be comfortable. You need to be up there and have at least some semblance of legitimacy the, that's the what makes the difference that's what makes it really enjoyable to be honest if you're not comfortable out there with the right gear i mean of course you're having fun but it's not nearly what it could be and then you know really truly being enjoyable of not having to worry about freezing yeah and that's the biggest thing you just said it. you don't have to worry about things you've got everything you need uh, you're just on the mountain you've got your own stuff you get to ride and you know just not worry about things that's actually what really got me into snowboarding itself is when i'm on the mountain i'm not worried about anything else that's going on in on my on my life i'm just focused on the ride i'm going through the trees hopefully because that's my preferred ride and i'm just thinking about nothing but having that good time i I think that that's what's uh you know great about extreme sports is that they put you in a position where if you're not 100% focused on the moment, you might die. So you need to be. And that, uh, no, not in every moment, obviously, but um, in in certain times. And I think that that's what kind of creates that um, feeling of just, of being in the moment and not caring about anything else at that time. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. called being in the flow. Yeah, it like uh, big business executives can get into that mode um extreme sport enthusiasts get into that mode you know it can really happen anywhere but you just get into that zone where it's you almost would want to characterize it as everything is reactionary but it's not because you're not a step behind you're you're exactly in that moment you are in the flow you're being able to make you know in real time decisions with no hesitations with no questioning of your decision um if anything it's just a designation of exactly what your subconscious knows is right to do and you're not getting you know all of the other outside forces to affect you you know um it doesn't matter if it's there's a big snowstorm it doesn't matter if it's a sunny hot day if it's icy or if there's a bunch of powder you can make anything really fun or really awful uh, in any type of circumstance, it's it's a really cool thing when you start to develop that, and I think that's the most intriguing thing about snowboarding in particular, and why somebody will put up with a day that's really not that fun, and you have to work really hard and makes you very very sore and can be downright miserable. It's because you just get that that little glimpse of what it can feel like to link a turn together, and that satisfaction of hey, my body actually just did this. And my mind kind of willed it, and I don't know how I did it. You know, same thing as... Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, because for me, it's golf. So it's, you can go out and just stink the place up, and you can't do anything. And then there's that shot. 
where you just peer something and you see the flight of the ball and it's going exactly the way you want. And then when you close your eyes at night, that's what you think of, how gorgeous that is. And I, I think it's the same kind of thing. You, you can have a horrible day, but when you're, you're making that run, I'm guessing, and you make like you're talking about that perfect turn, it's like, okay, this was it. This was why I was here. Mm-hmm. So I understand. I, you know, the same thing for me with golf. It's those little moments. I mean, I, I can say it in basketball, like you say about like laying in bed and actually dreaming of that. Like, so funny how many times I've actually done that after a day of playing basketball. A couple of times, just replay all the good moments, you know, in my head um, right before I go to bed. And uh, it's, but it's it's that euphoric moment of when it actually happens. Like, just you feel great. Um, and that's what we search for. And that's why we all go out and do what we do and practice our sports or, you know, our crafts. And Definitely. Um, I actually remember one specific moment that like, and we all have those one specific runs that we we're going to remember for the rest of our lives. It was actually with you, Zach, when we were working up at Snowball a couple of years ago, it was probably one of the last big storms of the season we were thinking and it dropped like 10 inches of snow and you and i got to go out and ride during just a break at work because we were working in the kitchen and um it was one of the best runs that snow was amazing just the time that we had do you remember remember that if i remember correctly we opened that morning and so we're at the resort at like 5 30 in the morning and we get everything ready for like the because we serve breakfast basically to the lifties. So like we're there and have to have food ready in the kitchen for the employees to come and purchase and not just the actually like people who are there for the resort. And after we got everything set for food in the morning, we went up with ski patrol. Because ski patrol, like I don't care what anybody says, like, oh, I was first chair. No, you weren't. Ski patrol went up and already shredded that, had a great time checked a couple of areas to make sure it was safe and then they opened up the lifts we went up with ski patrol ski patrol went up we went on the second chair the first two went uh ridge side and then the second two went bowl side and they went all the way to the end of the catwalk where the bowl is and ian and i knowing where the good stuff is we stop halfway through the cat track and just down into the trees and like those were those were real first turns i mean i think we got three runs in and by the time we were down to do our fourth run which on a ride break if you do more than four you're just but if you're I not re- coming back to work if i remember correctly i think the quote was uh i mean what are they gonna do fire us <laughs> <laughs> exactly i mean well, our, our our boss our boss literally he he let us go out on that specific ride break because he's like well all season, you two are the only ones who haven't shown up late or just like not shown up for a shift. So now uh, here's your gift. <laughs> at this point, I want to you guys to talk about because you took these jobs up there and served some burgers, you know, working in this little kitchen. Yeah. The providing, ship. providing food for the mountain. And it's not that you wanted to get into the food service industry. Why did you take the job? And the, yeah, uh, <laughs> Well, to be honest with you, I actually was in the business to get in the food industry. I was going into college for hotel and restaurant management. I was thinking I was going to open my own restaurant sometime. Oh, okay. Um, Blew that story, but go ahead. I mean... Way way uh, to do research. (laughs) Yeah, way to be... Thanks. Thanks. Um, I actually got the job because I was working at a different restaurant down in uh, Flagstaff itself. Just this dive bar, This, um, but it's a ski bar. And the owner of it used to be the food and beverage director at Snowball. And so his son and pretty much most of the kitchen crew at the restaurant was the whole kitchen crew up at Snowball. And that's when I uh, reached out to Zach and had him move up to Flagstaff because we had a perfect den for him too. Mm -hmm. Ian called me on a Thursday and then I moved on Sunday. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) Remember Yeah, it was pretty quick. Yeah, Yeah, I remember just, yeah, coming home from work one day and yeah, I'm moving. Yeah. Flex, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I was really excited. So yeah. for me, like I started working there one, there's like different things going on in life and I wanted to change, but I wanted to snowboard. It was, well, that's kind of what I was shooting for was that it wasn't working in the restaurant. It yeah. was the free lift ticket. It definitely is. And, and saying oh, like it was, was working in a restaurant, isn't anything. It was, we reheated and fried food, fried frozen things. And like that was it. Everything was frozen and nothing was really fresh. 
Um, well, we cut some fresh-ish tomatoes at times. <laughs> fresh-ish tomatoes. Um, Hard to get that fresh stuff on the mountain. But I know? think my first that that first that year working at Snowball was definitely the most that I've ever ridden in a season. I remember plugging it. I stopped counting after fifty. Dang. I wanted to know if I could, like could I ride on fifty separate days, and like we could boom. That, like that entire season, every day that I worked, I got in a ride break. Most of my days off came up and rode. It's just what it was about. Yeah, it was nice. That's far more probably than I've ridden all together. Yeah, your entire life. Yeah, yeah my entire life. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a game changer when you work. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, you're already there. Or you when know. you're in a yeah, when you're in a mountain and, town, that's just mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. And they had an area for us to just keep all of our equipment there, like our boards, boots, our pants, jackets. We just had it in a board closet. Yeah. So just ready we, to go. Yeah, we never had all to times. commute it. So Well, that's just, what I recall was that situation where, you know, it again, my recollection of that was, you know, yes, it was the job and that was cool, but it was being up in the mountain every day and all of your stuff right there. Mm-hmm. And like you're talking about, you know, you you work for a while. You go and ride and you go back to work. Mm-hmm. And it just sounded like an awesome situation at it the is, time. Yeah, it was. And yeah. it's it's like anything else. If you can do it 50 days, you can get really good really mm-hmm. quickly mm-hmm. as opposed to you know being somewhere and having to travel to that. Yeah, so that's, that's awesome. Like I was saying earlier into that respect, if you go only a couple of times a year, you spend half the time just getting back to the speed that you were at the last time. Right. In the last season. Absolutely. So, um, it's hard to progress, but if you can pick up day after day after day, 50 times in a season, like there's no just forgetting what you did yesterday. You're progressing every single day. Mm-hmm. So you just get, so you're not thinking about what you're doing anymore. It's you're just strapping it on and going and thinking about where you're going, not how you're getting there or right. The on, things you do on certain days. I mean, like I've had a lot of just progression days this year, um, seeing how, I have so many friends who also have free passes like I have this year. Again, uh, working working with REI, I've had a lot of days riding with people who just, they're not anywhere close to my skill set. Just like not, not even close. They're beginners. And so I've just been like, I'll just go ride the bunny hill and I'll only ride switch. So... You know, going okay, so my, one of the things a regular stance. Uh, you know, that so I've always liked about snowboarding forward, is the trips that you I guys can go down. Take. Yes. I mean, any we have taken quite a few trips and they have all been it hasn't been too much for me to way. handle um, you get to go to some really there's certain cool terrains that i just don't enjoy just, but when you group I've up never with been people in an area yeah, that well, i could navigate either. my way through with um, my skill set i mean i've never gone on a trip by myself necessarily um so i've always had company but either way just the places that you go because you're out there snowboarding it takes you to some places that a lot of people don't ever visit because they just aren't into the sport. Like, and you're not just talking about the mountain, but you're talking about the, like the, like the town that you're in. Yeah. It's the, um, yeah, the resort, the, the yeah. whole trip, um, the whole trip and its experiences entirely. So yeah, it's the city that you go to. It's the mountain that you ride. It's just the adventures that you have with you and your friends. And for example, this last weekend, um, I went to Telluride. It's an amazing place. It's an amazing city. Colorado. In itself. Yeah, in, t- in Colorado. Um, and I've actually been there with both of you before. And you, so you both know. It's an amazing place. Yeah, as opposed to Telluride, Oklahoma. Yeah. I just want to make sure Telluride that the listeners understand. Yeah, it is. Where this is, you know, I mean. It's dirt boarding, though, in, uh, in Oklahoma. It's mounds of dirt. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so trips, you know, trips are always fun. And always what I found, because I've put a few of them together over the years, is you put the right people together. And that's what's important because it's, you know, it's intense. It's three days, four days, whatever it is. Well, right? I mean, every, every trip that we took, we stayed in like condos. Right. And houses. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But you're but sharing there, that. There's no tents. But it was. We were all we were all clo- in close quarters. Uh, one, one place. I, OK, so who who did we have on our on our. Our trips. Kyle, uh, yeah, we, Cody, Kyle, Dave Cody, Dave Brought. Were Cody, like the, as we also knew as... The early bird racist, because he would always want to wake up first and only have racist jokes to he share. Own, he, all of his jokes were racist, and all he was 100% the first person up every day. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. I, nice. You know, it's got to be a, just a treat to have along. The yeah. best thing about the snowboarding trips, I mean, besides like the riding, there's the camaraderie between people, but you pick up on certain little nuances and certain little things that become consistent year to year. Um, you know, like when you get there, 
buy more beer than food and fill up all of the drawers and the door of the fridge with beer and alcohol. That's just a fun thing to do. Rule number one, you know, absolutely. On night number three, shave your brother's back, (laughs) back, shoulders, shoulders, chest, neck, and uh, yeah. See, for me, my brothers didn't have any hair on their back or shoulders, so. Well, I, I guess it's yeah. a damn shame. Yeah, it out, is. Man. That sounds like I I'm sorry. Out on I'm sorry that you missed that. I didn't I'm even sorry. have any yeah, brothers. I and, really I, and, and, and I'm wondering, uh, did you have any on your? No. Okay. Because I was going to say, why were you not the one that just, you know, had everyone? No, none you? of us did. Okay, cool. None so we're just did. the weird guys that, you know, shaved each other. I think the, I think the opposite. They're the ones who stayed hairy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're moving back to snowboarding. And yeah, that's totally related to snowboarding, by the way. So everything to do with snowboarding. Okay, one of the things I was wondering about is that matching your ability to what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So do you try to go faster than you're really skilled enough to do? Do you try runs? You always try to outdo. Yeah. So you're what challenging you're yourself to. the whole time. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. yeah. I not okay. So no, you're not not all the time. Obviously, you want to enjoy sometimes and, and, and not push yourself to the limit. It's like, you know, I, I related a lot to, again, playing basketball because I feel like that's the thing I've practiced the most and I've tried to to get better at. And So in basketball or in any sport, trying to do more than what you're what you feel like you you're comfortable in doing. Because, uh, in you know, in snowboarding, it seems to me that there's a little bit more repercussions than in basketball. Yes, absolutely. You you can you can definitely get hurt a little bit more. There's there's more uh, to to lose, I guess, at that point. But when it comes to like the skill level, I'm not going to try to do something. All right, I really relate it to what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about going down the mountain and not thinking about how you're going to get down the mountain, but thinking about where you're going down the mountain. Um, and you know, when it comes to basketball and practicing you know, making it so that I'm not thinking about how I'm going to score this basket, thinking about where I'm going to go to score this basket Okay. or, or dribble. Um, and that's kind of like the practice aspect of kind of being able to get there. And um, yeah, that's how I, I related it. Well, it seems to me that it, it's never a good idea, especially in, in snowboarding again, because of the things that can happen, you don't want to ride in fear. You don't want to be afraid of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So how do you deal with that? I mean, just, you know, from the time that you start early, you know, when you really don't know what you're doing. A little bit of uh, whiskey in your in your flask. A little fireball. Okay. Liquid talent, as it's known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so it's not different than most other sports then. <laughs> no. No, yeah, I mean, it can definitely help to take a little bit of edge off. But it's with, with the sport that has a lot of outside things that are going to affect you, whether it be the weather. Or it's um, the the morale of the trip, the conditions of the snow, how you perceive them to be, um, which is a different way of saying what your per, your your perception Each perspective perspective. Everybody's perspective is a little bit different. That was a, a tough one that we struggled through. That one, but we got there. We got there. But how, how I've always tried to deal with that is you you try to maintain positive morale. And that's why writing in a group can be so important. And when you talk to pro sport, uh, you know, action sport athletes, they always talk about the best thing is being out there with their friends and having a good time. If you're out there with a bunch of people who also don't want to be doing that or are going to give an effect like, oh, this snow sucks. Therefore, I cannot have a good time when you're yeah. just giving an excuse. Uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, you know, in basketball, if you can't, shoot three pointers you shouldn't probably chuck three pointers yeah because you're just not going to have a good time same thing if you're a beginner snowboarder or beginner skier and you go for a black diamond mogul run you're not going to enjoy your your process of getting down it's going to survive yeah Yeah. (laughs) um so you have you have those high risks it's so as far as like do you always want to be pushing yourself do you want to take things more laid back it's all on an individual basis because the mountain has so much to offer and what it has to offer, you get to experience for yourself. You don't have to have the same experience that someone else wants to do. Ian and I really enjoy the progression, the challenge, the, the fear. We like, it's sometimes it's, you're not getting over it at all. You just embrace it. You, mm-hmm. you enjoy it. You thrive off of it. Adam is not the same type of writer that we are. 
mean, he's never had a season where he's ridden as much as Ian or I. He hasn't had as much riding in his entire lifespan of doing it. So going and just trying to push, push, push isn't always the most fun thing. You, you Adam really savors every moment out there, you know, opposed to me. Like I'm, I don't want to say I'm not savoring them or not enjoying them, but it's just like next thing, next thing, next place. How fast can we do it? Can we do it a little bit faster? Was there a lip off to the side? Maybe I can hit that as well. You know, if you have a fall and it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm, I'm fearful a, that I'm going to fall now. So now I'm not, I'm not going to ride with as much gusto or confidence. Yeah. You have different perception when you're on the mountain. Well, one of the things that sounds really neat to me and it's, it's perspective, by the way. No, I was, you're a jerk. <laughs> I don't drink for, for them. So oh, okay. I'm, not, I'm not gonna. Well, Steve, you said it. So you well, you, you know said I did. it. You I know I did. So gonna... I'm just waiting for you. Oh yeah. No, I'll drink again. For okay. sure. Um, yeah, it's, so get embracing the fear. Um, some days you you take a step back. You're absolutely right when you say that you don't want to ride in fear. You know, if if you're worried about hitting a certain thing or not doing a certain thing, that's what your mind is fixating on, and that's exactly what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, when you're riding in the, we keep talking about the trees because that's you know a big thing about Arizona riding, right? Flagstaff, and it's so much fun. But when you're riding in the trees, like. If I'm turning around a tree and it's on my right shoulder, I'm not thinking about that tree. I'm thinking about probably two turns ahead. I've already let my brain recognize that, hey, this tree is coming up. I don't want to hit it. I know the skills that it takes to get around it. And so I'm not thinking about that. My body's just reacting and I'm thinking about what's coming next. So it's the positioning. Mm-hmm. So you're in position now. Now, where do I need to be? For yeah. the next one. Yeah. 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 If you're not a when, step when ahead exactly. in the trees, then you're done. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, why, why not? You get clotheslined real quick. Yeah. You can more worry about exactly what you're doing. But as you progress with that sport, you develop the muscle memory, you know, to become an expert at something, you do it a big number of times. Yeah. Whatever. That well, yeah. Is. Absolutely. Anything physical that you're doing, the more that you do it, the, the better or the more you're going to maximize your abilities. And to that point, the easier it becomes. You're talking about, just being trying to progress doesn't matter if you're trying to or not. If you're riding at all, you're progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, your your muscle memory is building up. So, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're trying or not. You you are, and that's what I tell Carly all the time because she's learning. She doesn't think that she's really gaining a whole lot of the skill, but that's not true. She's out on the mountain and she is, and that's like my point to her is just keep well, that's on a doing it. Great thing with a GoPro mm-hmm. is you can do get some film. Because mm-hmm. you don't you don't understand your own progression until you see it, mm-hmm. and then you can show her. Okay, this was the first day, and here's where you are now. And wow, I look like I'm so much better. I look like I'm doing so much better. I'm actually standing up. Yeah, mm-hmm. for more yeah. than a few seconds. Definitely, um, and it's also about who you're riding with, as far as being comfortable with trying to step up your progression. Because if you're riding with a whole group of people that are way better than you. And you don't want to be the one singled out and get left behind. You have to kind of step it up. That was definitely and, my role when it came to our snowboarding trips. I was by far the the least seasoned, I think, out of everyone that was on that trip. And uh, I definitely felt most of the time like I, I believe I was the last person down the mountain almost every single run, um, which didn't bother me. But it, you know, it definitely pushed me to like want to try to not do that. <laughs> and there was a few times I didn't, you know, and I, I, I was proud of myself for those moments, but it was always fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, snowboarding was once I first started doing it, it was instantly my favorite thing to do. Um, the feeling that went of gravity pulling you down and, um, the, the fear coming about and overcoming that, like it's such a satisfying feeling. And it was always my favorite up until mountain biking. Mountain biking has surpassed it. You know, that feeling it's, you get that same kind of euphoric feeling of going down. But, uh, an, an interesting thing about snowboarding is it kind of feels like there can be a cap on a certain area as far as how hard you're going to be able to ride it or what it is that you're going to be able to do. And then you just are always relying on a lift to take you back up to the top. At least in what we've been talking about thus far is nothing but resort riding. Right, right, right. Which in actuality, I mean, you have, at least as far as like snowboarding goes, you have like three different kinds. You have your resort riding, side country, and back country. And that's just completely leaving out like street park tricks and things like that and city riding. 
but um, there's bigger resorts, you know, in uh, in Canada. Um, there's a lot of options in some of the big resorts in Utah. A lot um, of riding in South America. Yeah, where you can get into these big resorts and they have what's known as side country. And side country riding is you'll take a lift up to the top, basically get you to the, the, the top part of the mountain, and then you will hike or traverse over into an area that's it doesn't have exact lift access. So like a side country, technically it's snowball would be taking a lift all the way up to the top and then you can hike up the ridge line and snowboard on the snow bowl, the, the, yeah, the actual bowl, bowl. Yeah. of what it's named after, you know, and that's technically out of bounds of what the resort is, but you're ending up riding into the resort. And then your backcountry riding would be, you're going someplace that there's no lift access Every single foot of what you're going to go down, you have to hike your way up, or get uh, actually heli ride up. Yeah, yeah. helicopter riding or snow cat riding. You know, yeah, different trips like that. My and- stepbrother Chris has actually done some riding in South America um, during the summer. It was up in Oregon during the summer. He went down South America and did some snowboarding, mm-hmm. and uh, was able to get. I saw some video of him just riding on some backcountry you know, mountain uh, side that just never touched before, just, you know, um, obviously at that time hadn't been touched. And it was really, really amazing to see the freedom. And, you know, when you watch snowboarding videos, you see guys out on those kind of mountains where there's just such wide, it's it's not a run, you know, it's not something that, that a resort has created for exactly. you, you get, to run. You get to interpret everything. It, exactly. become, it becomes a lot it's a canvas for you to paint on almost. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I've always enjoyed more about mountain biking because I'm not reliant upon anything except for myself. And when you get out there, I mean, I've never done it in a snow cap, but I've gone backcountry snowboarding, you know, gone to the inner bowl and snowball and hiked up to the Fremont Peak and snowboarded down. It's, um, it's really, really entertaining to like spend an entire day to do one run and be more satisfied than getting 15 runs in right. on a beautiful resort, you know, not just snowball, but you know, in Telluride in, right, Snowbird. in Wyoming, you know, wherever. Um, one thing about Wyoming though, when, since you bring that up and kind of like how you have a blank canvas to ride on, I actually really liked at Grand Targhee how sparse the trees were when you went off, off a uh, trail and we got that six inches on that last day that we rode. Right. And it was exactly that feeling. And that's what I really liked about Grand Targhee. Man, I you guys remember that? I had to bring it up. I did not get to go out on that day with you guys. It was the only day up in Wyoming where we got snow and I was injured, unfortunately. Pain and injury. Yep. Yep. That'll happen though. Yep. But if you you start doing back mountain, uh, what would you say? 80% of the people that snowboard or ski do it on resorts. And there are signs that tell you where to stay, where to go. It, there's a rating system that tells you how difficult this run's going to be. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a safety measure. Well, it is. And it, and it, it saves a lot of lives, you know, it keeps people safe because they're telling you everything you need to know. But it seems to me, the guys that go, you know, the, the hella skiing or, or, or any of those, you've got to know topography. You've got to be able to see, mm-hmm. you got to know so much more about, the landscape, that kind of there's stuff. Even snow. A, there's even an argument that does all of the markings in the rating system, does it produce safety or does it like merit ignorance when you put up when you, cause all of these things are up there and they have to list off where it's safe and where it's not safe to really protect themselves from a lawsuit. If somebody, well, exactly. If they there. have to put the coffee is hot at McDonald's exactly. on a cup, and that's, and, and that's, to keep and that's the consistency sued. here in the United States across resorts everywhere. And, big tourist attractions across the world but you go to places like chamonix you know that's that's up in france chamonix is known for you they have lifts in an entire resort they don't mark trails they don't mark hazardous areas if there's just a barren cliff that drops off to a hundred foot just death trap it's not marked and their whole idea is there's like yeah it's a it's a cliff did you not see the cliff if you go off of it, you'll die. And if you don't see the cliff and you go off of it, then you're well, dead. You're dead. That's oh, probably, oh, well, you're, you're probably too dumb to come riding. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And it's like, that's the, it's, it's just the accepted culture. Right. O- no. And it's, it's, 
you know, it's like you say, it's a litigious society here. And, you know, it, it, people are going to sue for anything. So if you're on a resort, you know, they have to make sure that, you know, don't, and that makes Don't it really hard. Don't stick your tongue to the frozen you can, pipe, you know? With, with bringing it to court and, you know, suing resorts over that kind of stuff for not saying whether it's dangerous or not, it really makes it difficult because think of Arizona skiers, their rating system, whether it's the green square, blue uh, circle and black dime is different to say Utah riding where a really easy run here, or actually, I'm sorry, a really hard run here in Arizona, it's considered a really easy run in yeah. Utah. And so our black diamonds are more like their blue squares or even some of their green, uh, whatever, the green ones, the easy ones. Yeah, <laughs> uh, an Oklahoma 10, a California 6. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, that's in most things. That's most things. Yeah. <laughs> Not just skiing. Okay, well, that's, you know, that's really interesting. The, you know, the whole idea of, of being up in the mountain of, you know, just an extreme sport. And it's as extreme as you want to make it. Right. And you know, putting the trips together and the camaraderie and, you know, like you're talking about, it's, it's so much fun to put a group of guys together. It's so exciting and so much fun on the way there. And especially if it's a group that you've put together before. So that's just, you know, that's awesome. That's a lot of fun. And again, you're in beautiful places. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's one of the coolest things about snowboarding as far as, you know, the popular or skiing in general uh, for as far as an action sport and people wanting to get into it because it's legitimately the most epic looking and feeling with the least amount of effort needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd, yeah. Being I've a, always thought it would be absolutely awesome to have like one of the cabins that you could just ski to ski and yeah. ski out. Oh mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Those are nice. You know, snowbird was, uh, yeah. it, it, you know, similar. The, the closest I think I've had to that where, you know, you ski to, or, you know, yeah, I mean, when we snow all the way to the cabin. Ian's uncle has that timeshare at uh, one of the resorts on the mountain. Yeah. And, and that's mm-hmm. one of the really cool things that we've had the chance to do is there's been two different years in the, all the years that Ian and I have gone to this uh, resort. Uh, the Iron Blossom at Snowbird is there's a, a specific pass that you have to drive through. If you're coming from any livable area that's not yeah. on the resort, you have to go through this pass. And every single snowstorm that happens in in Utah or that hits these resorts, it closes will close the path. that pass and For takes sure. them time to open it back up and plow it and clean it out. And then the masses come through. And so when this has happened, lifts open up at nine o'clock. Pass didn't open up until noon. We're there riding it's a all half the fresh day of exactly. free yeah, nobody powder. else can get in there. Yeah, nobody yeah. else is there. The only people who are riding are Yeah, the, the first day that we got there was like that exactly. We were riding in and the snow started falling like halfway up the mountain and yeah. we were like is what's going on? Is this going to close stuff down? And Yeah, it was it was perfect. It makes it uh, uh quite quite fun. Access. Yeah. Gives now, you the perfect excuse not to come back to work right? for a yeah, couple of days. I'd too. like to I'm yeah. stuck the past Can't get out. I wish I could. So Perfect segue into obviously with Snowbird, we were talking about skiing and snowboarders and how we relate on the mountain and how that kind of relationship happens. But Snowbird is a very ski heavy uh, resort. Yeah, Snowbird is even connected to a separate resort called Alta. And you can buy an Alta pass separate from Snowbird, but if you buy a Snowbird pass, you can go to Alta unless you are a snowboarder. Alta does not, it's one of the few resorts left in the States that does not allow snowboarding, period. Which is crazy because of the amount of people that snowboard and the amount of money that you lose doing something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they're too worried about it. Yeah, no. at that point, I mean, I mean at, at all, like, Alta, obviously not. Alta in specific, like, Alta is a very traverse-heavy Mogul resort. heavy. Not, not necessarily mogul heavy, but it's a lot of not very steep, more flat uh, traversing across the mountainside, like uh, type riding. So it's things that without poles, you'd be difficult to keep up momentum and ride. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so Ian, why is, why do skiers, so skiers do not necessarily enjoy snowboarders being on the mountain. Why is that? I think one of the biggest reasons that they tell me is that we only have a 180 degree view and so we can't see anything that's behind us. So if we're doing our S turns and curving the mountain left to right and we can't even see what's behind us, it, they just call it unsafe. And 
were sporadic and just unpredictable. As opposed and, to a skier who's <laughs> facing forward. Did, mm-hmm. Can they see behind them? Well, no, but they're not going behind them. Exactly. They're going forward. So you know what I'm saying? We're going is we have to the side. So my, my back is over here. That's my 180 degrees that I don't have. So I have 180 degrees to the left, but not to the right. A skier has an 180 degrees to the front and is missing everything behind them. So when a skier is saying behind you, they're not talking about up the mountain. They're talking about like for me with my left foot forward, everything that's behind my left shoulder. Oh, okay. They're at the same altitude on the mountain. They're just right next to you, but they're behind you technically because your view is to the left, not in front of you. Yeah. A skier's front and back or like behind a skier is up the mountain. Behind a snowboarder is to the left or to the right of the run. Exactly. Because you're doing your S's. You're going back and forth down the mountain. And then you have skiers who are, yeah, they're going down. Okay, we have visual aids that they're actually, they're going. (laughs) Okay, this isn't a video, Zach. This is an audio podcast. Um, A lot of So all of that was. I'm, I'm not explaining this for the kids at home. A lot of skiers also call our snowboards snowplows. They think that when we're, or at least definitely beginner snowboarders who don't know how to necessarily S turn and actually snowboard properly, yeah, they're going down with both feet in front of them, kind of plowing the snow down the mountain. Right. Well, and skiers think that we're just destroying the mountain. That we're taking all the powder, bringing it all to the bottom of the mountain, and we're ruining it for for everybody. Yeah, (laughs) I've been told that. Yeah, I get in the way a lot. Actually going, you know, doing your S's, obviously. Yes. Getting in the way. Skiers don't sit down or take a knee. Snowboarders do. Yeah. And so, skiers crash. And they <laughs> snowplow. What's that? You, Toes oh, together. Yeah, with the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they're pizzaing. Yeah, um, I mean, it, so, I mean, if you're a really good skier, you're not doing that. Right. You know, you're not same falling. You're not doing that. Same, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it, to say that all snowboarders are shoving all the powder down, or aren't aware of what's around them because you know, you guys, you know, yes, there's limitations to where you can see, but you're also, you know, your head's on a swivel. You're not mm-hmm. fixated only on one way. Well, absolutely. I, I mean, and that's why it's, it's, it's a ridiculous notion to have places that are going to be prejudiced against one style of writing to the other. Um, it's, it, it's a really an outdated thing. And it's the same thing. The people that have like the biggest issues with it, like you've always taught me, you don't trust people who speak in absolutes. All snowboarders suck for yada yada reason. Well, exactly. You know, it's never true. It's like anything else. It's it, You talk about mountain biking. Okay, so you're mountain biking and you have trails and then you have hikers and you have people that go out and ride horses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they all feel like, you know, and, and then you can talk about the, the motorized stuff, you know, the motorcycle guys and, and all of that. They all feel like they have a right to the mountain to the hill to the trails right it's it's their it's their path well and and but they hate everyone else yeah you know it comes down to a situation where you know all oh, these guys are ruining everything and you know or they shouldn't be there and it's it's not an understanding that you know what you know we need to find a way for everybody to enjoy the outdoors from snowboarding i think we're going to segue a little bit into uh something else that's going on a winter sport i guess if you will football yes and tomorrow is the Super Bowl. I know we talked a couple weeks ago Yep. about the NFL. Talked about the Super Bowl coming up. And so, you know, we got New England, we got Philadelphia, and it's it's kind of a who cares Super Bowl, I think, for us. It's funny. I've yeah, talked to quite a few different people, um, and it's just the consensus is, you know, just please not the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, that ship sailed. Now we have... But everyone... We have traded thing. out uh, a guest... Ian apparently was not producing enough, and Zach told him to leave. Yeah, that was awkward. It was, but we made it through that, and I think uh, a couple phone calls, you know, I think it'll be okay. I think Ian will understand. I mean, he signed the contract. He knew what was going on. He knew that Zach was going to be on as well, so. When your stuff is weak, I'm going to get it out of here. See, there you go. (laughs) I love that. And yeah, so DJC jumped right in. A proven veteran. Since we we have a new crew member here, and with the things that just happened in the last few seconds, I think it's important that we do a buzz level. So Adam, um, you're seeing things that none of the rest of us don't I was, see. Uh, so. No, I was wondering why, uh, if there was going to be the clip 
of TJC coming oh, in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If that was yeah. if that was actually no, we still happening, we don't have him hooked up. No, but it's not, and it's okay. Okay. Well, you scared us there for a minute. We thought you might be having a stroke. No, we're I'm, okay. I'm just coming off the bench for this one. This isn't a normal. We brought yeah. in the lefty. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've gone up five points. I'm at a 6.2. Well, well, I just got started, so I'm at okay, a 5.5. Okay, now that, five, five. that's going to take some math because you were at like oh, a 2.3. Two, three, two, three, huh? And now you're at a 6.2, but he's up five points. Yeah. 2.3? So. Yeah. Like a 2.3? Yeah. yeah. That's oh. not even a buzz, man. No, no we I set know. a record, but, you know, he'd only. You know, oh yeah, I he'd only in, been here about I came fifteen in with minutes. The first drink in my That's hand. like what I have when I think about having a drink. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's basically what happened yeah, at that okay. point. All right. Okay, six two. So Joe, I said five 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 five. That's that's a that's, that's a good a, start. That's a decent Solid slide in, in right yeah. there. Well, I started a little hungover today, so I'm factoring that in as well. Oh, Groundhog's Day took care of you. Yes. Nice. Four seven. Four seven. So. Wow, he's reverted down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a, that's not a good thing. Now I notice you have a little bottle in front of you. You could probably take a sip out of that, and uh, I could but and get you back to a five. I I I I could, but you have an engagement that you're going to. So we understand that you got to be on top of your game. Hey. Nice. hey. Okay. Well, I'm up. Uh, I'm at a five nine three one. So we've both. So so okay. So average. that's an eight. That's an eight. You can't go past two digits. You're drunk. That's okay. an automatic eight. An right. Automatic eight. Nice. <laughs> I like that. Okay. So um Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, none of us really care. Uh I'm not, excited for tomorrow. Not entirely, but I but yes, we do. Uh, Zach, you obviously care. I mean, call it the chemtrails or or whatever, but I cannot wait to see Tom Brady become like the most winning Super Bowl quarterback of all time. Yeah, but that's just because of the chemtrails. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I could, it could just be between the Kool Aid. I, I mean, at no point last year when the Super Bowl was happening, I was working that day. There was like a there was a fight that happened in my store. Like I remember that day very very well, and I remember so many people coming in, and being like, "Game's over, game's over." Yeah, Falcons are up twenty five points. Game's over. I'm like, well, how much time is left? I'm like, oh, well, there's like eight minutes left in the third. I'm like, oh, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, Tom, it's Tom Brady in the Super this Bowl. Is a half it's of the just, fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, this guy. It, Sorry, it's, Alex. It's, it's Sorry, Alex. It's what the career's been made out of. So, with it, with it happening, you know, again the very next year, and I, I think that this could be just like another big one. I, I don't know. I, I don't care if the NFL is necessarily rigged. It's a business, anyways. Yeah. I mean, it's no, not the WWE, but close <laughs> no it's not but okay here's here's the way and and listening to you talk about that let's say cleveland and tampa bay yeah take okay. two teams that that either you're a fan of theirs but generally it there there's not a national fan base well it would have been it would have been buzz. you know philadelphia jacksonville frankly would that what is exactly what you're saying well, yeah even it was uh, two, 2002 or 2003 Super Bowl was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders though have no, got the, an Yeah, the Raiders have that They've got a bit of a Yeah, they're a following. thing. It's close, but you're right. Raider it's, Nation is a, an ugly 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 thing. <laughs> Hi David. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it, but you're right. It's it's just it, it really matters because now there's a lot of people that are are rooting for Philadelphia tomorrow that really don't care about Philadelphia. They just hate the Patriots. Yeah. Now, something uh, very recent that has actually just happened during this podcast that now we should talk about is that Tom Brady has just won his third MVP. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, Tom. You worked so hard. You deserve it. Yeah. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Hope Giselle gives you a little extra tonight. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> she's gonna be she's gonna be expecting a little something extra with that. That's bonus. what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. So oh, that was kind of a dead end. So. so, so well, what was uh? Who else was in the running for MVP then? That did anybody get snubbed or was it just gonna? This be is him? straight from the news desk. Uh, I don't believe that there was. I believe Todd Gurley. Uh, Gurley was the second person for the and MVP, he, and, and he, he won offensive player, offensive player of the year. Of the year. So, at that point, he still won, but. Yeah, there's not really denying anyone that affected an offense or a team more than Tom Brady did this year. Well, it was wasn't Carson Wentz pretty much cruising toward a very 
realistic chance at yes, getting absolutely. MPV, mm-hmm. MPV, MVP. MVP. And he that's would, always interesting because... Yeah, he almost got HPV. Yeah. <laughs> I find humor in that statement, Zach. The, it's funny, in almost any sport, there is clearly one of the best players or the best player. Right. You know, basketball, LeBron James. So are you just going to give it to him every year? So it's, yeah, it's, it's (laughs) like, okay, let's find somebody. Can somebody else do something? It doesn't have to be that much. You just have to do something and we'll give it to you. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's definitely one end of the spectrum to, to think about it that way. But I just, I don't know. I guess I don't buy as much into, or I'm just totally oblivious and okay with a whole conspiracy theory with the NFL. But if, if you're somebody who's won the MVP year in and year out, I don't think it's because there's lack of other talent happening. I think he's legitimately the most valuable player in the NFL. He I don't doubt that. I don't doubt win. that at all. You know, like when Jimmy Johnson won five championships in a row, I never thought that, oh, well, if somebody would just win like one or two of these races, like, right. come on, guys. Right. So we don't need do one it. guy to beat him. You have all of you just beat him. Like, but but they can't. Yeah, there's a no. Tiger Woods element too. Right, no, and I, I totally agree. My point was more that, that they will vote for anybody right. other than the guy that's there every year. Yeah, MVP's different than actually give me earning somebody. the championship. Right, yeah. give me somebody that I can vote for so I don't give it to LeBron James again or Tom Brady, even though truly, if you take each year independently, which they don't do, and just go by what they've accomplished during the year, then absolutely, they should be winning it almost every year. Now there's there was actually yeah. an a uh, ex NFL player that came out and said that because the Patriots are in the Super Bowl, the rest of the NFL should be ashamed of themselves <laughs> because of allowing the Patriots to get back there again. And I think it kind of attests to what you're saying. Give me someone else to root for. You know now why is someone else not there in that position? Why are the rookies not? You know, obviously we know the talents there, and we know why the Patriots are there, but. It's kind of the feeling. Well, it's, it's just organizational strength. Yeah. It is what it uh, is. It, it really is. That That's, the, to me, the whole key to it, because it's not just Tom Brady and it's not just Bill Belichick. It's top to bottom. They keep taking players that aren't all that great other places and are very effective. That's well, not what I, I mean, okay, well, I, an example that I like to think of could even just be like Wes Welker. Nobody ever heard Wes Welker's name coming out of college he wasn't a big recruit no no nobody knew anything about him and then he has all these years with the patriots and he's he i mean he is one of the best slot receivers and he's gone on to different teams to prove that he's really good but it just seems that you have all these players that end up on the patriots who go and get paid someplace else as well yes or like i think adam that your point was some coming from somewhere else where they were not much and to mm-hmm. blossom into something it's uh like uh, garrett blunt LeGarrette Blunt yeah. bounced around for uh, four different teams before finding his way onto the Patriots. And his lot, I mean, this year he's back in the Super Bowl with Philadelphia. Right. 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 But um, it's the, I do believe that it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots organization. And maybe it's not Bill Belichick in particular, but he's the head coach. So I give him the credit. They have put this team together and got a guy and put him in a position where he set an NFL record for the amount of touchdowns in a season because he's dominant around the goal line and they put him in the position to win those games and it helped them get all the way to the Super Bowl. So the extreme yeah. example of this is the aforementioned Raiders and Randy Moss going to Oakland and essentially doing jack squat. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. going to the Patriots and setting records. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm pretty sure that if I keep talking about the Patriots, my microphone is going to explode and I can't have that. <laughs> but talking about the fact that, you know, you you make players better within your system because you, they conform to what you're doing and you, you have great coaching and focus and the leadership is so strong that the players can play, but they lose some of those issues that they have in other places that aren't as controlling or as controlled. And I think that's the case with the Patriots. You know, I think that they bring in people that, you know, Randy Moss is one that always seemed to be kind of, you know, on the edge, mm-hmm. not the best teammate by some accounts. Then you put him in the Patriots and it's not an issue anymore. You know, now it's just about his ability because you have the leadership there. You have the Brady's and you have Belichick. And I I'd give you another name if I could come up with one. Teddy Bruschi. Teddy Bruschi. But yeah, you have those guys. So that locker room, they're not allowed to be that, that distraction that they were in other places. And, you know, and, and it just, you maintain that. 
Now, the thing about the Patriots, Patriots are the laughing stock for a lot of the years that I've watched football. And in this period of time of the Tom Brady, Brady, what is it, 20 years now? What, Brady? Yeah. Not that much. 25, 30 years? Well, he's 40, <laughs> and you figure he came in when he was 20. I think he's two? been in the league for 63 years, yeah. 63 years. So it's okay. I'll do the math after the yes. podcast. But <laughs> it's adding up. Um, but when when he retires and Belichick, are there, is that franchise going to be strong enough? No. Well, we'll see. To that's be able a, to replace them. That's maybe the most fascinating question about they, the whole they thing. They gave up their chip to the 49ers. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't a smart move, but if you're if they are what we're suggesting they are with all this talk, then then they will bounce back in some way. They also gave up their chip to Kansas City just a few years ago with Castle. Yeah. Ca- Castle was the next best thing. How could you ever get rid of him as the backup for Tom Brady? You know, he comes in, he just wins games. He goes to another team and and he's nothing. But, you know, the only thing I'll say about that is the the fact, you know, Brady wasn't 40 then. That's true. But he says he he wants to play another five years. And fine. You know, they've got that doc out now that's like basically him working out. I forget what they call it, but it's like Tom. I don't know. It's a Tom Brady documentary about how great he is. But he's anyway, pretty, he's pretty great. He is. He's handsome, well, too. The things. Yeah. And he's got wife. a really hot wife and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and I bet they have nice sheets. Oh, Egyptian for sure. Gosh, yeah. the thread count on those mothers. Oh, at oh. least 800. Well, I recently found out, I mean, he, uh, he, he uses Under Armour sheets. Well, Oh, wow. Well, it wicks moisture oh, away. Yeah. Yes, it yes. does. All, yeah. all of the moisture. That's important, too. <laughs> Which is, oh, actually I can see that that's important. It actually funnels it out of the building somehow. It's, yeah, they're, they're it amazing. Just, yeah, it hits you know, I, off and it, there's I, a I, pump I, system, I guess. It's, I know it's this like the because at Augusta. I know this because uh, I, I recently found out I have a pro deal with Under Armour. And oh. I can, and I can buy those fifty percent oh, off. Sweet, nice, oh, man. I wow. just I, what what I really want is I want to purchase the fifty percent that just comes from his bed, right? <laughs> I don't want the is like the possible? sheets, yeah, like okay, the similar no. sheets to what he sleeps uh, on. I want as a parent that's sheets. disturbing on so many you different want the levels. Actual, it sheets. can be now the pro deal. We must explain. I want to be a winner. Okay, I thought yeah, you, what's a pro I deal? thought you were. The pro deal is Zach works at REI. So, what is a pro deal? Uh, a pro deal is a is a, a special deal for an in industry worker. So, I have the capability to sell a certain vendor's products. So, said vendor will give me uh, exceptional deals that is not available to the public. Sweet. Wow, Zach, that is a very interesting perspective on that. Yeah. Oh, they, they bribe us. Yeah, yeah. What a great perk. Refreshing indeed. Okay. Uh, Zach apparently needs to, uh, for us to kind of close this podcast out because he has a, uh, an engagement somewhere. Don't we all? That's all right. I, well, I think no, we don't, don't all. As a matter of fact, <laughs> some of us only have this. Okay. <laughs> this is our life. We're not. Yeah. Okay. We're here for a reason. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we've, uh, we've done snowboarding. Yep. Talked uh, about it. And, Probably horribly. Because we, could, we could have covered more. You know, we were we were kind of all over the place. But, you know, we did our best. And honestly, the weak link and the whole thing and the reason that it kind of fell apart. And don't don't <sighs> don't tell him because I know he doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah. But Ian. Ian yeah. Really, yeah. He There's really a reason why he's not here with us right now. Yeah. And he left. He just he bagged us. You know, Thank he, God. He, yeah, I mean, I will we'll obviously just, we'll edit it out. But him cursing us out before leaving and then slamming your door. Slamming the door was the I hard just, part. I just uncool. don't know why. It wasn't, you know, and. Joe, being the executive producer, was was in his booth. Certain level professionalism. I mean, honestly, I I thought what Joe said was totally appropriate about Ian's fiance. I thought it was a compliment. It was. It was meant that way. It was meant that way, but I don't think it was taken that way. Apparently not. So uh, the whole slamming the door, you know, out in the parking lot and all the time we spent out there trying to talk him down from the roof of his car. See you in hell and all that. Yeah, yeah it was ugly. just inappropriate. So it's hard up there on the Subaru. But anyway, you know what, Ian? If you are listening, you know I forgive you, buddy. We I, love you. Yeah. We love you. Love we you love you, man. So much. I so, didn't understand the whole thing about the pineapples, but hey, hey, well, hey, I, dude! To each your own. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> to each your own. <laughs> all right. I just I I, 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 I love it. his quick quick <laughs> 
<laughs> I did that especially and for And the show for has Adam. reached a new low. <laughs> <laughs> or a new high as far as Buzz Well, concerned. it could be. <laughs> Were you trying to say colloquialism? Uh, well, I was trying to say it the way Adam would because I was talking about Adam. Oh, okay. Oh, so I get perfect. it. It's just worked. Yeah. Guys, you have to understand the show. Do you understand what's going on right now? Absolutely not. Then there's going to be more perspectives later. of today point them out to me so i can come and join their rate we'll walk around this land with open hands looking for change we'll want to understand this progression we have at hand humanity is killing wheat for this we will not stand i say let's progress in good contest make conference then love our best our onslaught of love will be at an all-time high crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines our love that makes no sense we who spend love at no expense we are a force of passion creating a new faction taking action working hard just for the satisfactions with the abilities to shine so bright that others want to fight because our light is in their eyes ladies and gentlemen we are the skies don't remain mystified by their lies and trust us for we will teach you how to be true teach you how to speak the truth but we stand here The spark and we are its tender. We are the good ones. The good ones of today. We're sending out a 